right, everybody, welcome back to the Critter Chronicles podcast. Uh, today we have a special guest from the New England area. Uh, Dr. Laura is going to be joining us today uh, to tell us some fun stories uh, up in that part of the world. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, really excited. Uh, so that you're actually uh, a new experience for me because we have not actually met in person. So this this is a new adventure for, for this podcast. Social media connections right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Socially distant and everything. So we're good. <laughs> Hopefully you guys are having better weather than we are here today because it has been nothing but a drowning rainstorm. But. It was, I took the kids hiking for five miles this morning. It was beautiful. And now it's sleeting. So I guess we, we, we lucked out (laughs) this morning was perfect this afternoon. Good. Good. We're about three (laughs) degrees from snow here too. So I, it needs to stop that. We're done. (laughs) It's May. Hopefully spring will eventually come somewhere. (laughs) I am a little bit jealous of the hiking that you guys have up there. I, I'm also a fellow hiker and we don't have mountains. So that's a, a common lament on this podcast, but I'm jealous of your mountains. So <laughs> <laughs> we like our mountains. Yeah, they're good. Keep us in shape. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We have steep ravines; they just don't go as long. So you just go up and then immediately go down and turn around and go back up. So I don't know if that's worse <laughs> or better. But, but good. So really glad to have you on today. Um, we decided today that we are going to share more stories and talk less about background because she was giving me an intro to some of her stories and they're way too good to just leave hanging. So, um, but shortly go ahead and tell us a little bit about how you became a veterinarian. Sure. So I grew up in Vermont um, and my dad is um, a large animal veterinarian um, with a practice right on the the border of Vermont and New York. So I grew up riding in his truck. Um, I remember distinctly hearing his pager go off back in the days of pagers and beating him to his truck because I was so excited about an emergency. I don't run to my truck and I don't get excited about emergencies anymore, (laughs) but I've been essentially shadowing a large animal uh, call for my entire life. The first call I went to, I was almost two and have loved large animal medicine um, ever since. I went to undergrad in Pennsylvania at Juniata College and then went to Cornell for my DBM and met my husband shortly after graduation and have been practicing in the central New York region ever since. And he manages a large dairy farm. So I had all sorts of grand intentions of going home and, you know, working at my dad's practice and, you know, going somewhere else for a little while, get my feet wet and then go home. And then I fell in love with a farmer and they're not very transplantable really in <laughs> no, the grand no. scheme of things. <laughs> they're pretty rooted, pardon the pun, but yeah. It's... <laughs> exactly. So I do um, about half bovine, half equine, um, a little bit of beef, but we do a, a, a lot of dairy. And then I really enjoy working with lots of different equine. You know, we've got draft clients and standard bread clients and pleasure clients and hunter clients. And so it's a, a big, big menagerie of equine clients. We're in the thick of breeding season and foaling oh, yeah. season here right now. So when babies coming out our ears, which is fun yeah. <laughs> and tiring. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you guys actually get to still preg check mares in that area or have the, uh, the lay people taken over? Nope. We still get to preg check mares here. Luckily, and you know, it's not, we don't have a lot of big breeding barns. It's, you know, breeding one or two horses here, there. And you go from a perch on to a standard bread, to a quarter Mm -hmm. horse, to a, you know, mini donkey. (laughs) So it's a, it's a big, uh, big spread, which is really enjoyable. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, we're, we're a little all over the place like that, too. But we have a lot of competition from, from lay folks in Ohio, which is unfortunate. But uh, good. I'm glad you guys are still uh, <laughs> still in charge out there. So For the time being. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. I'll try to keep them contained in this part of the country. So I'll fight that fight for you. <laughs> Sounds like a flame. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I kind of enjoy foaling season for about the first two months and then I get tired of treating foals that get sick. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I really like breeding for the first little bit and yeah. then you end up with the problem mares and you're just yep. like over it, ready to move on to the next <laughs> set <Yep>. of problems. <laughs> you got it. Yep. How many bags of plasma did you guys run this spring? Do you know? Uh, we haven't actually run all, I know we've, uh, we were out as of last weekend, but we haven't run that many, which has been pretty good. A lot of good. healthy babies. That's the dream. Luckily. Yeah, that's the yeah. dream. So what gets you really excited to get out of bed in the morning? What's, what's your passion in bed? I, I love my clients and I, I, I feel like probably anywhere people practice, there are exceptionally wonderful human beings, but I feel like our little pocket of New York has just the nicest, truest people um, and animals that, that exist. I am just absolutely blessed to work with a wonderful team. We're an 11 doctor practice and we all do some some, you know, some people do small animal equine, some do, you know, equine bovine, some just do bovine, some do some combination of all of them. And they work with an exceptionally brilliant and lovely team of people. And every day is different. I mean, it's I'm 12 years into this. And I still I can't predict what my day is going to look like. And that yep. that's good. You know, I think it would be boring if it <laughs> if it was predictable and repeatable. I agree. I agree. I think that's part of what what made me really excited to become a veterinarian in the first place. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you get to live that too still. So good. That's a big practice. So we're, we're about the same size as you guys. It makes it really nice for sharing yeah. on call. Yeah. I don't know how the folks who only have one or two do it. I don't either. That's the big appeal of a big practice is, oh, yeah. but I mean, when you're on call, you work a lot. That's the other part of a big practice. So you have a big practice area and you're, you're usually pretty busy. It is what it is. Yeah. You get good stories out of it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's our natural segue then. We might as well just follow that and let you go ahead and start telling some stories. So, uh, sure. So I, <laughs> I have probably more stories than I ought to because I find myself in really bizarre predicaments <laughs> regularly, but I had a, a, a client call about, about 11 years ago now. So I was a, a baby vet at that point um, with a, a down cow. And he said, I can't be there, but my mom's there and my daughter's there. I said, all right, you know, so I show up and his mom's about 70 and she's a whippersnapper um, and his daughter is nine. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this is, this is going to be yeah. fine. He's like, yeah, she's, she's due to calf. So, you know, I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. So we go. To, to find her and she is on a really steep hillside but at the very bottom of this hill right up against a um a fence barbed wire fence and next to the fence is like the highway so of course I check her all out she's definitely got milk fever and she has a twisted uterus and I cannot get that uterus to budge and she will not get up so I ended up flagging down a highway crew that's driving by all wearing their like bright neon out you know shirts um and it's probably like six or seven o'clock at night summertime you know and I, I flagged him down I was like I I need I need help can you guys help me roll this cow up the hill and they thought I was completely <laughs> insane but there were literally like six or seven guys that like dropped everything and jumped the fence and came and we rolled this cow 
up the hill. It took us a couple rolls to get it right, but we got we got a calf out. It was a stillborn, unfortunately. And one of the guys was he was very invested in the whole process, and he was sobbing his eyes out. He was so upset, and I was like, you know, I I, I kind of think that this as the calf's been dead for a little while. You know, like I I think if we'd gotten here sooner, it probably wouldn't have changed the outcome. This was this was pretty bad. But look, mom's doing really well. I think we're gonna be able to get her up. And together, we all got her up and walked her up the hill to be able to get her back to the barn. But it was it was insane. And the best part was that somebody happened to take a picture of this from the road. And I don't know who it was oh or how that happened, but it got submitted to the paper and it was in the paper. There's this like team of people <laughs> with the cow's legs in the air, you know, rolling this cow up a hill. Um, it was, it was wild. It was, you know, it's titled like the things you see when you're driving by a farm. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I know exactly what they're doing. Oh, it was luckily we had no names, but it was, it was pretty yeah. mortifying and hilarious. <laughs> Please tell me that's framed somewhere in your office. Um, you know, I, I I had a copy of it at one point, and I don't know where it is, but it's something uh, I need to track down because it yeah. should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I, I I go back and forth sometimes on if I wish there were pictures of me doing things versus never ever wanting to see what I look like while I'm working. But yeah, that's, <laughs> no, it's that's, funny. That's, that's a good one. I, uh, the look on the guys' faces when I told them that they w- I wanted to roll the cow up the hill—they just had <laughs> I can't no imagine. what you want to do. What? <laughs> it's great. I, it's amazing how often we get to a farm and our help is not help at all. Um, I had a prolapse uh, probably about a month ago where she was facing down the hill with the prolapse coming towards us, and my help was uh, a seventy-year-old man who just had his knee replaced. A young kid, but he just went to the uh, urgent care that day because his neck pinched a nerve, so he could barely move, let alone help me do that. And a guy with a broken rib. So it was that was good. That was good. Trying to hold a uterus in, pump yeah. water in myself. Yeah, it was classic. You get real creative when you like, have no options, right? <laughs> Tying things to bumpers. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Speaking right. of prolapses, I have yeah. another good prolapse story for you. I had a, so one of my colleagues got to a farm and somehow managed to lock her keys in her vehicle as soon as she got there. So she called and said, Hey, I don't even have any of my stuff. And there's this cow that's prolapsed. So I drive there quick and we like unlock her vehicle, but get all the stuff and, you know, head to the cow. And it's a torrential downpour. I mean, could not see a, you know, a little bit in front of you because it was raining so hard. We go up to the top of a hill again. We live in hill country, apparently. Um, And there's this cow who is her, her bar name is Thelma on her card, but everybody calls her beef tits. So she looks much more like a beef cow than a dairy cow. And um, she had a huge prolapse and she was in essentially a river. It was raining so hard that there was like a oh, river God. around her and she kept, she literally was like bubbling. You know, she put her head down. She was so exhausted and she's like bubbling, you know, underneath the water. So we had a kid there who was maybe 15 and we, his only job was to hold the cow's head above water while we worked on her hind end. And she'd been prolapsed so long that she had a whole bunch of stuff in her prolapse. There was small intestine and our bladder was in there. Our bladder was huge. We actually had to take a bunch of urine off it to be able to get it back in. Um, but together we managed to get this crazy, huge, gross uterus in, and we had mother nature helping us clean it, which was very thoughtful of her. (laughs) But we we, That is looking at the pros of a situation there. (laughs) That is impressive. (laughs) 
we got the uterus back in. Like it took us a long time. And the two of us were literally looked like drowned rats by the end. We we're so everything we owned was soaked. It was insane. And we ran our calcium. We got her up. And I was like, I really would prefer to get her to, into the barn. Cause I, I just, I felt like she was a bit suicidal. <laughs> I was like, she kept trying to drown herself in the water. I just would like her in a stall. It'd make me feel much better. We were able to get her up and get her to the barn. And, you know, we put her on meds. I was a little bit pessimistic about her, you know, outcome given how, how terrible she kind of looked, but she ended up snapping around and doing fine and had a couple more calves. And every time I saw her walk in the barn, I'd be like, Oh, Hey there, beef tits. How are you, dear? You know, like here to live another day. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> the name is just what seals that story too. I mean, just, <laughs> how do you ever forget old beef tits that's <laughs> well and it, you know it was funny because the the owner of the farm has a couple kids and everybody you know called her beef tits except for the owner who was always very formal and oh. she was always Thelma to, to him you know and it was on her card but <laughs> oh, <laughs> so funny the things that stick in your brain are weird Honestly. right <laughs> yep. yep all right so chapter three Chapter three. Um, all right. So I was called to a foaling at an Amish farm. And the message I got, we have a, a large population of Amish uh, around here and we do a lot of work with them, have a you know really great relationship. And the message I got was that this mare had been trying for eight to 10 hours to foal. Oh, so I, I was reference. extremely worried. I was walking into. Yeah. A- <laughs> yeah. For reference, typically a foal's dead in like an hour. Like, so this, this, this is not a great scenario to walk into. No, I was really worried it was going to be really bad. And I get there and the, the mare is really small. She's a standard bread, but she's really petite, really narrow. And she was bred to a Frisian who had been throwing huge foals across the countryside that I'd already contended with a couple of them. So I was, I was pretty pessimistic about the whole scenario, but I go and check her out and I reach in and her cervix is super dilated and there is a red bag right there. And I thought, holy mackerel, this is how in the world has she been at this? It must've been preterm labor that they thought mm-hmm. earlier, but this is, this is real. We need to get this full out right away. So I cut the red bag and I find two feet there and I reach for the head and the head is way back. So I work at the head, work at the head, and there is a gentleman there who he calls himself the Amish vet of the area. And he was not super good to work with. He criticized everything I did and told me everything I was doing was completely wrong. Um, And, you know, so I, I, it was taking me a while. It was, this foal was ginormous. And every time I touched its head, it would pull it back. So it was definitely alive. So it, it was making it worse. So Long story short, um, I ended up um, actually using eye hooks in this foal, which oh, I'd wow. never done in a yeah. foal before, but I could not get a snare on its head. Um, and I was able to successfully get eye hooks in and pull this foal out. But about halfway through, I actually had to ask the Amish vet to leave because he was being so miserable that I couldn't, I couldn't handle it anymore. And I'm usually pretty tolerant of people, but so I looked at the owner and I said, listen, I, I'm happy to, to continue working on your mare or you can have him continue working on your mare, but I don't think we're working well together. So pick. And he's yeah. like, I pick you, I pick you. <laughs> so we kicked the other guy out the door. He sat Ooh. in a hump, very angry about the whole situation. 
And I was like, all right, let's get, we're gonna get this full out. So we delivered if this filly who was huge, giant, and literally as she's coming out, she nickered, literally hadn't even like left mom's whoa. vulva and she's already nickering. And I'm like, whoa, this thing's got grit. It's yeah. been alive through more things than it possibly should. You know, a, a red bag delivery, a dystocia, give, you know, give or take long, you know, yeah. long labor um, and a head back with, with eye hooks, you know? So I, um, we got her out. She was standing within 15 minutes of, I hadn't wow. even gotten all my stuff cleaned up <laughs> and the mayor had passed her placenta and this thing is standing. And I was like, you are super full. So I actually just saw her last week. She's doing great. She's a yearling. She looks fantastic. I looked at her eyes a lot that day to make sure I hadn't oh, damaged sure. her corneas at all. And then I, I actually looked at him again the other day because I was just, you know, make sure that nothing <laughs> uh-huh. was permanent, you know, and there's no, no trace of me using eye hooks in her. That's um, awesome. But the best part I think was the, the Amish vet actually like formally apologized. He wrote me a letter and wow. said, you know, I was inappropriate during our last meeting and i i hope that you that we can still work together because he has a farm and he said my my level of respect for veterinarians and women has changed after that interaction which just blew my mind so we're it was pretty cool it was very cool i don't necessarily have any desire to work with him again very soon but (laughs) but you know it 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 was all's well that ends well and just had to kind of had to choose which way we went with that. <laughs> that is but, awesome. Yeah, that full made you look like a rock star that evening. That is excellent. And that was the full. That was totally the full, not me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but so often they also make us look like the ass. So it's okay just to just to take it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. That's a good one. I hate head back fallings. I don't know if you have that problem too, but I just, I, there's nothing to grab like a calf. I can grab its two teeth and pull it through. You know, nope. And their heads can be so long. Yeah. I feel like their nose, nose to pull length is double a calf. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. It goes on how forever. long they are. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I, Nuts. so for reference, I don't know how tall you actually are, but I'm, I'm five, six. So, I mean, any, any head back for me, I instantly start to panic and <laughs> get ready to call my boss. I'm five, but... six as well. <laughs> yeah, there you go. My dad is a uh, six, seven. So he, you know, he never rolled twisted uteruses because he could always get him with his yep. arm. And there's a lot of stuff that he could just do just because of yep. his arm length and his height that I didn't have that, that pleasure. And I was always really jealous of that. You know, just reach in and just like flip that, that yep. full around. I'm like, I'm into my armpit. My neck right. is inside the board. I still can't reach it. That's, two of my bosses are over six four, and and one of them is always amazed that I'm dirt so dirty when we when I preg check. I was like, yeah, I'm so dirty. I'm literally buried inside of this mare right now. Like, I have the probe at the very tip of my fingers trying to feel this ovary. Yeah, he. I mean, while he can walk around in a dress shirt if he wanted to. Yeah, we will suffer through, I suppose. So we we only could grow a go-go gadget arm, right? Right. <laughs> so often I've prayed and it never comes. <sighs> maybe next year. Yeah, maybe next year. <laughs> I'll ask Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. All right. Chapter four. Chapter four is, is sad, but kind of cool nonetheless. So I had a lovely client. I had, he's still a lovely client. Um, 
who had a pair of uh, mares that were full sisters. One was 24 and one was 25, Percheron mares. And they uh, lived together and worked together their entire lives. Um, and we battled a, um, a nasty, we did a hoof all resection. We had bad white line disease. And this, this poor mare's foot just wanted to fall apart. So we worked six months to try and keep the integrity of the hoof wall t- together. And finally got to a point where, she wasn't comfortable. And he said, I think it's time. So we went out and euthanized her. It went completely smoothly. She was super, super kind. And I always like to, if they have the option, you know, letting the other horse say goodbye, I always like to like, you know, not have them call and wonder where their friend is and have them know that the horse is gone. So we let, so it's Dawn and Donna. We let um, Donna out to see Dawn and she walked over like nickered and walked over to this mare and laid down next to her. And I about lost it, you know, and typically I try and, you know, keep it together during euthanasia. Like I can be really sad, you know, especially if it's a horse I've worked on for a really long time and, you know, I get to know the clients really well. But I can usually like in the, the heat of the moment, like pull it together and, you know, go through the technical aspect of it and not let emotions get too um, involved. And then with this one, I'm just sobbing as I'm pushing the euthanasia solution. And the, sure. the client is like, he's this 80 year old man and he's like consoling me. And I'm like, this is backwards. This is not how right. it's supposed to go. <laughs> right. But when, when we let her out and she just laid down there, I was like, I've never seen a more amazing connection between two horses. I mean, they were not only sisters, but best friends. And it was, oh, it was amazing. So I figured, you know, she'd get up and, you know, we could, we could bury her. We'd, you know, give them a little time together. So I told them, I, you know, give her some time. If she wants to mourn, I, I get that. They've, they were very close and she has every right to do that. Well, I kind of figured she'd get up in an hour or two or three or something. No, she, two days, she laid down next to this horse. She was eating, drinking, peeing, pooping, laying down. And I didn't really know what to do at this point. I'm like, you know, she, we asked her to get up. She wouldn't get up. Yeah. And I was like, I, I don't know if we should just put her down too. Is that what she's telling us? That she does not want to live without right. her sister here? And Turn it into where the red flame uh, grows. Right. Yeah. So we, as a kind of a Hail Mary, um, I had a, another client down the road that needed to wean a Belgian foal. And I was like, let's just see what happens. Like if we bring a, a, a filly in here, see, cause there were other horses. She didn't care anything about the other horses that were there. I'm like, see if this filly gives her any sort of like renewed sense of life. And <clears throat> we put this little filly in the pasture and she nickered twice and Mayor stood up, walked over to her, never looked back and still was doing well, <laughs> but it was I, the, just visualizing that connection, I think hit me harder than probably any other yeah. euthanasia I've ever seen. You know, like, you know, that these horses have pretty strong relationships, but that was amazing and heartbreaking and beautiful. And yeah. I will, yeah. I think always get the chills every time I think about it. Cause it was so sad and cool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to be that person, but even harder in that kind of scenario. Um, that's, that's incredible. I, I, I we uh, lost a kitten uh, a couple of years ago after I had started here. And for two days, my cat would go over to the spot on the floor where we picked her up where she had passed. And it was, it was awful to watch. Oh. Just, that killed you worse than any part, than any other part of it. Oh, yeah. <sighs> so sad. Yep. Yep. Hmm. For sure. Oh, well, I don't know what to go from that. Uh, that's, uh... I know, I know. <laughs> 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 On to brighter days, but yeah. 
um well we've got a little bit of time left then if uh i i like to offer up a soapbox to you if there's anything uh, that you think that everybody should know about veterinary medicine this is this is your opportunity to share the book share the gospel of dr laura mm. <laughs> um <laughs> i think my least favorite statement ever is while you're here doc oh, God, um yes. and i'm sure you hate that as well <laughs> They're like, oh, you're here, you know, in the middle of the night. Why don't you just vaccinate the whole barn? I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> what a ridiculous request. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. You know, just because I'm in the driveway doesn't mean you should pull out every every opportunity <laughs> to use a vet ever. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't know. I don't have any major soapbox things. I think um, in general, being a large animal veterinarian is the best. There's, you know, we we're so lucky to work with a, like the most wonderful clients in the world. And we work on amazing creatures and I get the pleasure of being able to kind of deal with some of the business side of, of both uh, equine facilities and uh, dairy facilities and the pleasure side of both and really enjoy being able to kind of really work up a backyard cow that has some yeah. ailment and uh, you know, and it, it's neat. Every day is completely different. It is. I agree. I agree. I love my days on the road like that. So I don't think I'd ever want to work in, in, in like California, New Mexico, where all we do is sleep cows. But uh, I like I like this side of the country and the stuff we get to do. It's a lot of fun. I do have to say this this weather, though, you know, it, summer, spring, fall is much, much easier to uh, go out and deal with a down horse versus when it's negative 20 and you're trying to contend with all of your, your drugs freezing that part just is not is not very much fun but you know it, all, it makes us appreciate spring and fall That's and summer true. much more right <laughs> you take the good the bad yeah right <laughs> i i can only imagine especially fall for you guys it must just be absolutely gorgeous as you drive around That's i'm very jealous of that it's totally breathtaking and we uh Sometimes I do have to just sort of put it in perspective and be like, do you realize that like everywhere you're driving is a postcard? Like it's incredibly yeah. <laughs> gorgeous. You need to just stop, stop what you're doing, all the multitasking and the talking to clients and just like, just take a, take a gander out your yeah. windshield. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very, very fortunate to have that office. So I'm glad you appreciate it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you. Uh, I, I hear you have two little ones that are probably getting ready for bed. So I will let you go uh, assist on that. And we'll, we'll say thank you again and have a great night. Awesome. Thank you very much for this opportunity. It was super fun to chat. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks everybody for listening. This has been uh, our latest episode of the Curtis Chronicles podcast. If you like what you heard, please feel free to leave a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening on. This is really helpful as we gather new viewers. If you'd really, really like to take the next step in helping me out, I have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash Chronicles. If you become one of my patrons, you will have some special gifts that I can send your way. This is a labor of love that I make zero dollars off of, and every little bit helps. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great night.